watching WWE Evil Episode 1, Season 1. Let's go. Gangster rap. 
Counterculture was everything in the 90s. When the 90s came along, everything changed, you know? It was about being more the bad guy, the more in your face, the more, yeah, who said so? Well, try to knock this chip off my shoulder and I'll show you what's gonna happen, buddy. It was the same red and yellow for a long time. Very successful long time, I might add. But there was a point where the audience started looking at Hulk and, and going, okay, what's new? All of a sudden, I felt things changing. I could feel the momentum. It wasn't as powerful. I'd come out in my music with it. It wasn't the same. I'd drop the leg, do the pose down. It wasn't the same. We could notice each night, we were getting a few more booze. Each night, I'd go and check the sales on our merchandise, you know, and I could see where it was starting to dip a little bit. This Hulk Hogan thing got so big and it was so powerful, but there were certain times where, you know, when I kind of felt Hulkamania might not be going in the right direction, I thought there might be a time for a change. Going up. For the next few years, Hogan's focused on his Hollywood ambitions. Is he a box office champ? Well, not yet. I'm getting better. The transition is a tough one. By 1994, it became clear. Hulkamania was not running wild in Hollywood. I kind of like was really on shaky ground for a while. I wasn't making any money. And when I left WWE, then I thought my run was over. You know, so I was just kind of like stumbling along on a hope and a prayer. I was so lucky that WCW had a soundstage right next to Thunder Paradise. And uh, Eric Bischoff approached me with Ric Flair and said, hey, we'd like you to put lightning in a bottle again. I said, brother, I'm in. Eric Bischoff was the chief executive tasked with leading WCW a wrestling promotion with the objective to overtake WWE as the industry standard. Bischoff's first plan of action was to entice four WWE superstars into the fold to jumpstart the company. And there was still no bigger name out there than Hulk Hogan. WCW was at a point in time where we were positioning for growth. Hulk Hogan was still a bankable star in the eyes of advertisers. Knowing that Hulk was no longer with WWE, it became apparent to me that being able to sign Hulk and get him to come to WCW would create an awareness that no amount of advertising or marketing probably could have achieved. I never, ever in my life thought that I would run against Vince McMahon. But, uh, you know, I talked to Eric Bischoff and he said, what's it going to take to light this company up? I said, well, I need to come back as Paul Kogan for a while and get the feel of things, and then uh, we can figure it out really quick. Hulk Hogan, five time for The initial reaction when Hulk left WWE and went to WCW was going to a smaller organization at the time would, would help that organization, definitely, but wasn't anything that said, oh, well, this is gonna make a difference, not with the same thing that he had been doing here. We're gonna find out who the most powerful man in the WCW is. Because that's when we first brought Hulk Hogan in, it was a big damn deal. 
it made a lot of news. It served its purpose. But after about a year and a half, the audience viewed Hulk Hogan differently. I knew that going head to head with the WWE, we had to be different and had to be a lot edgier. So it was Hulk Hogan joining the dark side. with Hulk. What do you think about turning heel? Going from good to the bad guy. Eric came up with this idea and you know I knew I needed to do something but I wasn't sold. I think Hulk knew that the red and yellow Hulk Hogan was still generating a lot of revenue and would be turning his back on the fans and I just don't think he was interested in taking the risk associated with turning heel. Because Hulk had made it clear to me he had no interest in turning heel at all. So I had to have a plan B. WCW president Eric Bischoff has a real life plot to put WWE out of business. Scott and I are taking on the perception of two of the WWE's top guys doing it basically a hostile takeover of another corporation. So we were always perceived as the WWE. Get security out here and get them out of here. The perception was implied that they were being sent from us at the WWE. And it was an invasion of WWE talent going to WCW. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they killed everyone. They didn't have anything to lose and they were willing to take risks. We picked up a lot of momentum right off the bat. Certainly got people's attention, but I needed to make as big a splash as I could. So we built an entire storyline around a third man. What made it tricky for me is I had to find the third man in that story. Bischoff wanted the promise of a mysterious third man, the baddest of the bad guys, a true heel of a human being. But who could possibly fill those boots? Everyone wanted that spot. These two guys lit up the world. I'm talking about number one spot on cable television. We want to know who your three guys are. And then he cut that promo about bring your best three. We're bringing our best three. The big man and the medium-sized man and our surprise buddy. And next week, I'm bringing the big man in. The really crazy part is no one knew who the third guy was because there wasn't one yet. Sting lined up 
I said, you can't ask Sting. I needed major, major change really, really bad. I was starting to get to the point where I was second-guessing everything about myself. Was the Hulkamania ride a fluke? Was the reason Hulkamania got so big? Was it just Vince McMahon's promotion? When this whole three guys thing came along and I decided to jump on it, I needed it more than life itself at that point. I didn't want to stick to get it. And I wanted to prove to people that I knew this business. And not only could I be the greatest good guy ever, I knew this business well enough that I could be the greatest bad guy ever. So, I said, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. Wow. that Hulk was actually going to see it through. Up until 4 o'clock, Hulk wasn't sure he was going to do it. You know, it was it was not a go. And the backup plan was, was going to be sting turning. I think everybody under the breath said a little bit of prayer because we knew we're taking the biggest name in the history of this business and switching him to a bad guy. We couldn't afford any mistakes. Keeping it a secret was my top priority. I pulled him over into this big janitorial closet, and we started going through that promo, just beginning to middle and end. It was, it was the most exciting, most stressful, probably two hours of my professional life. Once Hulk walked through that curtain, it was what it was going to be, and there's nothing I or anybody else could do about it. All best for Hulk. Hulk comes out. Here he comes, America. Red and yellow. Blah blah blah. People are there. They're there. They're there. Yes. Finally, the Hulkster to the rescue. And I'm I'm in on it. I know he's going to turn. And all I'm thinking in my mind is, oh man. Five minutes from now, man, I'm going to get the photo off of a lifetime. Like, I'm in the ring with Hulk Hogan. I go to the ring, and Bobby Heenan goes, but whose side is he on? Whose side is he on? What are you talking about, Bobby? What side is he on? There's only one side for him to be on. I literally, it was hard for me to breathe. I was so excited. Kevin and Scott cleared out of the ring like they were afraid of me first. Uh, that was so epic. 
and stands there in the ring being <laughs> interviewed by a disgusting mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say. Well, I told everybody I was done. <laughs> and all you fans out there, you're just like the trash in this ring. When I said that, man, they were throwing bottles. They yeah. were throwing anything they could get their hands on. Look at the ring. Look at all this crap in this ring. As far as I'm concerned, all this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. You fans can stick it, brother. Trash is raining down from the crowd. You knew you were seeing something epic, you never man. thought you would see. That was so epic. Hulk Hogan was evil. He had become the ultimate villain. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. And he ushers in an entirely <coughs> new era of professional wrestling. And that was the birth of the NWO. Pretty much, yep. That was it. side with greater ease than anyone expected. It was clear he was in this for the long haul. Wearing black, it's there 
camera change for Hulk Hogan going from good guy to bad guy was wardrobe. The red and yellow. Those were his colors. Then going to the black and the bandana being black. He turned his back on it all. What I liked the most about the kid, as opposed to just the wardrobe, it was in the beard. It visually made his heel turn more dramatic. That, was, that beard was cold. That was still kind of one. I grew the beard in and I got just for men. That was dope. <laughs> that was, man. Hollywood Hulk Hogan was the coldest Hogan to be. so mad that they knew I dyed my beard or I put makeup on it or whatever they thought. They put that extra icing on the top to make people hate me even more. And then uh, nobody airbrushed their boots, you know. So I was putting Hollywood lightning bolts on the boots. That was dope. So that was like tweaking the character and getting it right. But it made me act a certain way, too. You know, there wasn't a bigger boogeyman than Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> that was the brother right there. You know, strike the back. Like this guy here. It's being everything that you wish you could be, but you're not. It's a new world order. There's nothing you can do about it. 
know, the more we would beat people up and spray paint Ted Turner's equipment outside, the more evil stuff we did, the more the fans cheered. I think the audience's appetite was changing. The audience was beginning to dig the anti-hero a lot more than the hero. So the whole idea was to be edgier, more adult-themed, and to have much more of a reality sensibility. And it, it worked. It was fascinating because they were showing us things that we had never seen before. They were taking us back behind the scenes, and they were just disrupting. From a fan's point of view, it was almost like now there was a virus in wrestling, and you were either cool, like Hogan, or you were, you know, company people. Get the world to get behind it and, and want to be a part of it. It was genius. It really was. Everybody in the arena had the shirt. Want to make a fashion statement? Find shirt. My grandmother wouldn't allow me to wear the NWO shirt in my house. She even ripped down my Hulk Hogan poster. So when Hulk Hogan was transforming and the NWO was forming, I was also turning to a younger adult too. So I was kind of changing the way I was moving and the things I liked. So that whole transition was perfect from, you know, loving this guy in the yellow and red to grandma, I need my NWO shirt. Where's my black and white shirt? Ironically, the villainous Hollywood Hogan was now attracting the sort of celebrity attention that Hulk Hogan could only dream about back in 94. I was in New York, man. We was, we was all wrestling, man. I mean, it was insane. We had a blast. All of a sudden, our ratings went from like 2.4s to 6s, 7s, and 8s. I mean, those are NFL numbers. We had our own mm. NASCAR NWO car. Everybody wanted to be a bad guy. You prove you are the icon that everybody in this building has always known you are. Give it up for the host. Come on, give it up. It totally changed the landscape of the business. All of a sudden, bad guys became everything. Hulk Hogan becoming evil and becoming bad was the game changer that allowed WCW to move ahead in the ratings above us for 83 weeks. And that was the catalyst that really set WCW into motion, becoming a very successful promotion. Let's destroy the broadcast booth! At that time, the world celebrating power-hungry villains who might just burn the whole world down. But, in a bizarre twist of fate, the very monster WCW created in order to destroy WWE turned into an evil they could not forbear. In 1996, thanks to Hollywood Hogan, WCW was dominating WWE in the TV ratings. But, as it's often been said, the devil's in the details, or in this case, the fine print. Going back to some of the first, the initial meetings I had with Hulk about coming to WCW, he looked me right in the eyes and said, brother, I don't trust anybody here. I don't know you, Eric. 
and i know everybody that works here in this company and i really don't trust them so here's how this is going to have to work creative control a lot to have creative control because if somebody else comes in and says I think we need to do this or do that and you can't perform and it really hurts the money you're making so we knew if you do have creative control it's like you can do no wrong when Hope came over to WCW for Hope creative control meant that you could call it a match that you wanted uh, when you wanted it or something that uh, opened a can of worms I think it rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. A lot of the wrestlers were upset. Their egos just got out of control. They were just really upset. We were pissed. We were all just fighting for your spot. The MWO has had some good times. Quite frankly, lately, some bad times. From Scott and I, his creative control was very hard because the golden one would walk in at 5.15 at an 8 o'clock start and go, Brother, that doesn't work for me. You. Because <laughs> I'm like, wow, really, man? Okay, well, what does? Do you have an idea? You, know, you, you don't even have an idea. It, that just doesn't work for you. So we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll work around it. They got to a point when the lunatics started running the asylum and the ship started falling apart. <laughs> started slipping just a little bit instead of Eric taking over control that everybody in the Turner offices that knew nothing about wrestling trying to put their two cents worth in we need to talk uh, uh, what do we need to talk about this is the president of Turner Sports he's your boss you knew this is Dr. Harvey Silver this cannot go basically uh, took WCW away from Eric Bischoff, lost control. So it was like being sabotaged at the highest level. Um, it just it just fell apart. So, yeah, I mean, in September of 99, I was relieved of my duties in WCW. In their infinite wisdom, WCW brought in Vince Russo. Guys, this show really sucks. What? Because Vince Russo was able to convince certain people in WCW and Turner Broadcast that Vince Russo was actually the architect behind the Attitude Era and all of the success that WWE had. Bro, as sure as I'm sitting here, I walked into a WCW locker room. And the minute I walked in, there was a giant target bullseye on my back. Vince Russo came in. He said, I'm going to fire everybody that's one day over 40. And I went, okay, how's this going to work? One of the ways he was able to galvanize himself with some of this lower card, younger talent was to badmouth guys like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair can't go on wrestling forever. You've got to build the undercard. I'm just going, oh my God. If you guys buy this, I got a lot of swamp land here in Florida to sell you. Russo's goal was to get rid of Hulk Hogan. That was going to be his claim to fame. He was going to put the nail on Hulk Hogan's career. Mm. A wrestler's paranoia 
You you can't you can't change that. They they're gonna believe what they want to believe, and they believe that I was trying to run them out of dodge, which was the last thing I was trying to do. This was so never butt heads with anybody to the face. It was always behind your back. <laughs> they still got to get out. I dare you. They had beef. They still got it too. So when we talk about Bash at the Beach, I had written the show and Hulk had to give the script the proof. Okay? Sent the first one over, Hulk didn't like it. Sent the second one over, Hulk didn't like it. Basically, they want to get the belt option and put it on, on Jarrett. And I said, well, here's the deal, bro. I don't get along with this Vince Russo guy. Anyway, he's been trying to sabotage me since the day he walked in here. So I write the third script, and basically, I have Hulk killing everyone in the building, but not walk, walking out with the title. He's here! Yes. Vince wanted Hulk to drop the belt to Jeff, and he said, look, let me win the belt tonight on the pay-per-view, which is the money, and then Monday night, he said, I'll drop it, you know, at Nitro. Well, he didn't want to do that. I then go to Jeff Jarrett and say to Jeff, Jeff, F. Hogan, lay down in the middle of the ring, let him cover you, and let him leave with his belt. F him. I said, brother, don't do this. I said, don't, don't screw this business up like this. You know, and he just laid there. That shit was really happening. Russo show. The whole thing was just so just out of the realm of what this business is about. And it was just uh, it was disaster. Where does Hollywood Hogan's career go from here? Where does WCW go from here? With the WCW's value at an all-time low, the powers cut their losses and sold out to the man they sought to destroy. Vince McMahon. 
the fate of WCW. Remember this. Oh, I remember that, man. <laughs> with relapse, I remember that, man. There's a lot to deal with. Not just unpredictable relapses. Did he gave it to uh, Shane? Kisenta <laughs> is a once monthly. We're on a break right now. We'll be back. Into the stratosphere. It was to be a symbolic passing of the torch from an icon of an era gone by to the great one of the Attitude Era. Vince wanted me to wrestle the rock, you know. Oh, you can take that camera. It's already shined up. Turn sideways, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and stick it straight up all your candy asses. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, you know, I remember him saying, well, Terry, you know, things have changed. And, you know, if you're going to wrestle the rock, you better really bring it. In my mind, I'm thinking, brother, if I bring it, you're going to be begging me to take it back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the Rock against Hulk Hogan. Here's the aging Hulk Hogan. Here's the newcomer, The Rock. What was going to happen? Man, I took my daughter to hear the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and the girls screamed so loud it hurt my ears, but it was just that loud. the NWO Hulk. They didn't want Hollywood Hulk. They wanted Hulk. I think our audience looked at it as it had been long enough. He had been black and white for 10 years or whatever it was, and people were ready now. What's all this new again? I mean, God, how long did the beginning of that match go on where they were just listening to the crowd and listening to the deafening that was awesome. I remember watching that, man. A worldwide audience telling you. Everybody watched this, man. Love him for everything he was. Loved him for leaving. Loved him for coming back. We love Hulk. And maybe you're shoving rock down our throat. Everyone cheering. Oh, crap. You know, and they were cheering and cheering and cheering, and the rock started taking over on them, and every time he punched me, they booed. The rock was getting booed. He's had the push of a lifetime, and here I come back, trying to put the WWE out of business for 10 years, trying to destroy the company, and I come back, and the people are cheering me and booing him. Greatest of all time, and they were able to listen, react, and make it work. People just couldn't take it anymore, couldn't wait for Hulk to Hulk off and make that big comeback, comeback, comeback. Hulk heard an audience, a worldwide. He brought audience. it back. <laughs> the man. 
unconditional hope that and we love him. It was a beautiful moment because that was an evolution for hope. interesting because it was almost like it was the first time that Hogan realized that there could be some ambiguity to his character and I think it wasn't until that night because he was so over with the audience he realized he could have elements of Hollywood and not be completely bad at the end the people really got what they wanted to see, two of the biggest icons in the world. And so, you know, it was kind of like a passing of the torch. It was so intense that Vince McMahon goes, where is your red and yellow gear? <laughs> Vince goes, you need to go get your red and yellow stuff. <laughs> My whole character of Hollywood Hogan was nothing but fun and being nasty as I want to be and having a blast doing it. The Hulk Hogan character actually was up here and it brought me up and made me a better person all these years. And I finally understand what it meant to so many people. inside of every person is a shadow self. It's where we keep the things we don't like about ourselves. Crime, ruthless ambition, tendency to violence. That's Hollywood Hogan. As much as we all want to be the hero that was Hulk Hogan, we all have a little bit of Hollywood Hogan inside of us. I think if one were to go back and try to do a post-mortem of the evil Hulk Hogan at its core was the fact that Hulk turned his back on people who loved him and supported him as a character. And in creating a mystery, getting the audience to ask questions, blurring the line, which I will admit now that the you know litigation is far behind us, you know, creating that feeling of not being sure of what we're seeing is real or make-believe. For Hollywood, every night's a main event. Every night's a payoff. And every night's another trip to the bank. <laughs> it was genuine betrayal and the hate that truly follows. It was a thing of beauty. If I do say so myself. It's the most kind that will survive. What are we to think of the duplicitous Hulk Hogan? Is he the icon who inspired a generation of Hulkamaniacs to say their prayers and eat their vitamins? A superhero who made it cool to be the good guy? Or 
is he the nefarious Hollywood hope who became intoxicated with his own power and fame to the extent he brought down an entire company? Either way, for the most beloved superstar of a generation to become the most prolific villain of the next is an amazing feat. If you really want to know what evil lurks around you, take a closer look inside the heart of your heroes. I am the master of the mental game for us for people like puppets. I actually take what I want. There's no good better. Each and every time I hit an arena, I made sure I left my mark. Because I gave wrestling something that nobody else could have given it. I gave it life. And wrestling will live forever because of me. The Brazilian announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Oh shit, the Miz is next.